Tunde is my one of my ideal immigrants because his story is really one of you know literally one of grit of what immigration is all about like literally going from zero to nothing but i think the biggest take for me from this episode was i done or the biggest lesson for me is the fact that you almost can't get anything in your comfort zone especially if you're an immigrant like you can't because everyone around you or everyone else who's here or who who's born here they have the social networks. They have, the, I mean, they have. They've built up, you know, capacity. They understand how the culture, the culture works, the nuances, everything. You, you have nothing, zilch. You know, until you, these folks, they have communities they have that they can reach out to. You have to build all those things. And so, as an immigrant, more often than not, you have to go the extra mile. Always, like I feel like that for me. If there was one thing you took from this episode, just that like, you always have to go the extra mile. I don't know about a lot of people, right? But I still feel like I had one of the one of the worst experiences as an international student, especially the first few months, right? Um, and I'll tell you why. You know, for me, like I said, traveling abroad wasn't really necessarily in the plan. So it wasn't like I was stacking some money somewhere and say, oh, I'm traveling mm-hmm. this period, right? Mm-hmm. Pam 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 admission mm. came out. Pam 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 like let me submit this thing. Then give me five. Then don't give me. Mm. I got my HR job for for football sets, right? And then it came out. I'm like, okay, I have to take this opportunity. I'm not going to leave it and stay, you know, another time. Who knows? Maybe that's the only shot I have, right? And I said, okay, I'll do it. Um, so I traveled. hadn't paid any dime. I had just two thousand dollars on me when I landed. Uh, cash, no other money anywhere. Cash. That was the only money I had on me. And I hadn't paid tuition, so hold on to that. No tuition, no. Jeez, man. So when I landed, you know, first, 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 the, the winter, right? I bought one jacket from Kappa like that one more. I come up for airport like this. The game flew me back. You know, it was cold. There wasn't proper orientation for me when I was coming here. And so in this episode, me and Tunde talk about, you know, he's, he tells me a story of how he went from being a graphic designer and designing something for the Nigerian pre- presidency all the way to doing HR, coming down to Canada to study HR. He talks about um, the part where he had to defer his admission. That doesn't happen again, though, sadly. I mean, I wish it still happened. Um, he talks about launching an immigrant-focused startup. Um, and he talks about like the stuff he would have done differently. Um, please, like, I really, really think it's a really good episode. So today on the Newcomers Podcast, I have with me Tunde. Um, he's probably called Tunde Tash. And so if you've ever, if you're Nigerian and you've ever thought about, oh, like I want to, I want to find information about how to move to Canada. And I feel like you would have come across Tunde's Twitter profile at some point. Like if you haven't, then where have you been living? Mm-hmm. But like, yo, man, welcome. Thanks for coming on this. And I, I I think I, I want to say the usual ask the usual question and say, hey, tell me about yourself. But I think we'll we'll get we'll talk about that. So I'm just gonna get straight into this and just ask you. Like why again I saw you put something yesterday or so about graphic design, design mm. something for the Nigerian president and stuff. And I'm just trying to understand how you went from that journey to Canada. Like <laughs> Yo, that's like a, that's like a 12, 15 years journey, man. Honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people know my story. I share my story openly on, on social media. You know, I try to let people understand that, you know, getting to this point, it's not just by either luck or, 
you know, just by share, um, how would you put it? Um, not by luck or not being handed over, right? I had to work hard for it, right? And I used to be a graphic designer. So out of, fresh out of University of Ibadan, no job, jobless. I was in Lagos. Um, I went to NIIT, right? As I then, NIIT was a place where if you wanted to become a tech pro, that's where you go learn stuff. You would learn networking, design, anything you wanted to learn, you would learn, learn it at, uh, at NIIT, right? So I learned graphic design slash uh, 3D modeling at NIIT. And when I finished, I couldn't still find a job, uh, but I got a, I got a job through my, uh, my now wife, uh, used to be my girlfriend then. So one of our church members had a printing firm at um, Shomolu in Mushi. And then he had this uh, graphic design opening and she asked, you know, asked if he was looking for someone and he said yes. And I, I went to work work there. I used to earn 30,000 naira per month back then, right? But I really liked it you know, because I was doing what I liked, right? Uh, but you know, there comes to a point in your life when you decide or realize that, okay, what's the end goal? Where, where would this really take me to, right? And then I looked at the people around me who were doing the same thing and I didn't really see so much of uh, growth, you know, uh, perhaps maybe because I was doing it in Shomolu. Maybe if I was doing it somewhere in VI, in a corporate organization, maybe I would see myself in a, in a bigger place, right? Um, and as God will have it, or as, you know, as everything will happen, as fate will have it, he, he went bankrupt and then he, he laid everybody off. And I lost that job, right? Uh, so while I was jobless, um, I reached out to, you know, I was on social media scrolling, Twitter, also Twitter. I was, I didn't, I was not like I'm a somebody now, but I was a nobody, right? So I was just scrolling through Twitter and then I saw this person who we had attended the same school, but he, he's my senior, um, may God rest his soul, Shebun uh, Pikuda. So I reached out to him. I saw he was online that and I reached out to him. I said, yo, I'm, I'm actually out of job and, you know, if you have any leads, anything, just let me know. And I didn't even know he was in HR. I didn't know anything about him. I just knew we went to the same school and we, had, we chatted one, you know, one or one before and he said hey actually you know what we're actually hiring at, at the head office of where i work uh it's a hr role but it's based on merit and it's a like an entry-level hr role but it's based on merit so everybody who comes out they have to do an aptitude test and whoever sort of comes out the best will have opportunity to have an interview so it's not like it's even automatic you have to do an interview oh, sorry, God. okay let me give it a try i went we're about it was less than 50 but we're about maybe 30 something that went there for that aptitude test and I did it and I knew that I did it well and I got a call later on I was told that I, I was the, I got the highest point in that aptitude I said okay uh, it means that you know I'm not just a graphic designer I'm also you know <laughs> so so I went for the interview um, met Mr. Biodu uh, Mr. Biodu I already you know those are those are like the first people I met who groomed me with me and he said no problem that you know what you can start and i will hire you and i got the offer and that was how i got into the human resources professional right uh profession rather um as as an entry-level person and i think a lot of things changed during that period right i was going from somebody who was coming from a casual work to a corporate setting and um the knowledge i'd always had the notion i'd always had about human resources was that it was very admin hire people, fire people, very admin. But I got into that place and then I realized that, hey, 
it was actually much more you know complex than that and the company this company is actually food concepts plc the owners of chicken republic butterfield bread and all that oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so it was at the head office so you know and we were overseeing over 60 branches across the nation over 60 branches across the nation and we were, we were like the hr in charge of all those people everywhere right so i was exposed earlier on to that and uh getting to know that hr had you know compensation and benefits payroll strategic hr management business partner learning and development i was like wow this hr is actually broad right so i, I really really uh you know i uh, loved loved the profession then uh, and then i started to read right i started to read you know if you're now in a corporate setting you need to read you need to help yourself right upskill yourself basically and down the line i think a year and eight months down the line um i met somebody who came from canada and uh, we're having a conversation and then you know he talked about schooling in canada you know it was quite straightforward getting admission and somehow he also worked with um he works with schools in canada where he could process uh, those admissions and say i could give it a try right and he actually got introduced to me through my mother-in-law you know and um, i spoke with him you know you know we did it and the admission came out and i said okay maybe i should give it a try i hadn't paid any dime in tuition i submitted the application it got approved you know uh, to come study human resources management here and that was where everything changed right um, going from a graphic designer you know and coming to canada but before then though i had met tolu Gulesi, who currently now um is the ex um, media aid to yeah so i met him before when i was like in my active um graphic design days they had this symposium or something like that in enugu and i was invited to you know come share my perspective as a graphic and um you know design person so we, we're still in touch we're still in contact and then out of the blues while i was in canada you know my i was doing my uh internship right um and then i just saw his email he said hey i'm working to do this i'm looking to design this would you be happy to do that you know instinct you know typically when you get things like that you're like oh this is my rate card this is how much i would charge i was like yo this is for the presidency right like I would rather have that where, you know, for every time it comes up, I can always say, I did, yeah. I did that rather than pushing him away with just saying, okay, give me this money, give me that. And I know that he could, Tolu Glacier could have gotten that thing done anywhere from yeah. anybody, right? But for some reason, he came to me and I said, you know what, I'll do it for free, right? And and that was how it came to be. And out of the blues again yesterday, you know, I came he shared it again. He shared about it. I said, okay, am I supposed to go back to graphic designing now? <laughs> yeah, so that was how I went from that to, to here, right? To yeah. HR. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, so now you took all that backstory. I find it pretty interesting how you just moved across, you know, from graphic design all the way to HR. Yeah. And just looking at how your background was set up, you know, Graphic design is pretty different. I mean, then you worked in Nigeria for a bit, a year and eight months. So why is it a while? But still, still, you're still trying yeah. to get it sorry, get settled into the industry. How was it settling to school as a student here? Like, so when you moved to do HR here, like, how was it? Like, was it wild, sweet? Yeah. <laughs> I like to, it was wild. I don't know. I don't know about a lot of people, right? But I still feel like I had one of the one of the worst experiences as an international student in especially the first few months, right? Um, and I'll tell you why. You know, 
for me, like I said, traveling abroad wasn't really necessarily in the plan. So it wasn't like I was stacking some money somewhere and say, oh, I'm traveling mm -hmm. this period, right? Mm -hmm. Pam, 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 admission mm -hmm. came out. Pam, 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 like, let me submit this thing. Then give me five. Then don't give me. Mm -hmm. They give me, yeah, I'm okay. Give my HR job for, for football sports, right? And then it came out. I'm like, okay, I have to take this opportunity. I'm not going to leave you and stay, you know, another time. Who knows? Maybe that's the only shot I have, right? And I said, okay, I'll do it. Um, so I traveled, hadn't paid any dime. I had just $2,000 on me when I landed on uh, cash, no other money anywhere. Cash, that was the only money I had on me. And I hadn't paid tuition. So hold on to that. No tuition, no. Jeez, man. So when I landed, you know, first, 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 the, the winter, right? I bought one jacket for Kappa like that or more. I come up for airport like this. The thing threw me back. You know, it was cold. There wasn't proper orientation for me when I was coming here, right? And I went to school. You know, school started. Uh, they, they let me register, by the way, and they, they allowed me sort of spread my payments, right? Uh, but school started, and when it started, I realized I had a lot of culture shock. For instance, I've watched a lot of American movies, Hollywood movies. I, I used to hear what they said, quite all right. But here I'm in class, and I hardly heard what everybody was saying. I was like, this is the happen now. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Back then, maybe, I don't know, maybe because I wasn't just settled mentally, you know. Uh, teachers would say something in class. I, it was as if they were talking too fast. I would talk to them. It was as if they, were, they, they couldn't hear what I was saying. I was like, yo, this place is not for me, right? So what I did was I went to, and then getting a room, finding a room was hard, right? Finding a place for myself. I was cutting with uh, some folks who were living, uh, who were schooling um, in Kitchener as a, as a den, and um, getting that place was hard. So I went to school and I said, yo, there's just so many things happening right now. I don't know how your bus schedule works. The winter is, you know, it's too cold for me, minus 10, minus 15 in Kitchener. I didn't have the proper winter gears at that time. I said, you know what? I need to defer this thing. Let me take a little breather, right? So um, I deferred for four months, right? I deferred for four months. So that four months helped me to immerse myself into the system. Good for me was that I was able to make two Canadian friends, right? Uh, male and mm -hmm. female, uh, Brad and Nicole. These were like the two people who held my hand, you know? So I got my orientation from them. I understood the system from them, the bus schedules. This is how things will work. This is where you get a job. This is what you will do, right? Um, and um, so, and I started working, right? I started working um, uh, as, you know, as international student, we can work. So I started working. But yeah. the type of job I got, I thought, you know, went to this agency, took my human resources resume. I felt like, yo, they would look at it, that ah, big boy, you know, from food concept. Nobody's having food concept. Oh, well, there's a guy, factory job. <laughs> yo, I was working in factory, man. I was packing sausages in cold rooms, eight-hour shifts, standing. You know, it was it was brutal. It was, and that was, like, also the thick of winter. Right, uh, yeah. but that helped me a little bit because did that job was able to save a little bit on the side, and um, sharing that story with my folk back home, you know, my elder brother, uh, some of my guarantors who have you know supported me through my schooling, my higher education in Nigeria, and even my girlfriend at that time, who's now my wife, you know, told them all these things, and they're like, oh, yo, uh, you've tried your best. I was able to come up with some of part of the first semester and then they supported with the other part of this of the first semester as well so that was able to you know i was able to use that to sort of register and then start in the summer you know um but during that 
period, you know, I still had to hold on to part-time jobs. I was working at Toyota at the point, then I changed jobs. I was working as a traffic warden guy, you know, controlling traffic during winter. At there's this place called Bigger Man. Yo, yo it was a lot. As I said, yo, I I went through it. I really went through it. But you know, looking back at all those uh, times and um, how it is now, I'm really grateful for how it is now for a lot of international students. Right? There's a lot of information out there now, and so this is it. When people when, when we say things like there wasn't a lot of information for us. It doesn't mean there wasn't information back then. There, there, there was information back then, but it wasn't really tailored to someone like me, right? You understand? It wasn't for me. It, wasn't, it, was, general, it was generalistic, right? I didn't even know where to find African stuff. You understand? All those type of things. There was no community of, yeah. of Africans, of Nigerians. Today, you, you land Canada, even before you land Canada, they've already added you to a WhatsApp group, right? Somebody's telling yeah. you, this is where you will get this. I will drive you there. I will take you there. You know, back then, you have to figure yeah. out everything by yourself. Right. Um, so, yeah, so yeah. it was pretty much hard, you know, um, settling in as an international student. But um, aside from all this side track, that all these things that were happening on the side, I had my goal on one thing. I needed to get a distinction. And at the same time, before school finished, I needed to become a certified HR professional. I needed to get my CHRP license. Right. So those were like the goals. And I made sure that I, I sort of achieved those goals, um, you know, Amazing. Yeah, while I was, um, you know, uh, before I finished school. So yeah, so but but all in all, it was a, was a good time. I think I learned a lot, and that's why to today it gives me that tenacity where I know that almost no matter how hard it is, <laughs> as it uh, you've seen worse, <laughs> you've seen worse. <laughs> you know, you you know what I find interesting is first of, yeah. we need to do a campaign. Ban selling winter jackets in Yam. Like <laughs> campaign ban winter jackets in Yam. Those are no winter jackets. Those are just probably four jackets. I at know. Best. I know. I agree. I agree. You know. And then the second thing is, I'm just curious. I'm just trying to understand. You know, I find it interesting how you were able to think through the fact and say to yourself, "Hey, let's take a step back and defer this thing." Yeah. And go work for a bit. Like, how did you come to that conclusion? Because like most people will say to you, yo, just, you can survive. You can do all things in Jesus Christ. You just, just keep going. And like, I find that such an interesting approach to it. And I, I wish more people would take that route. Like, Hey, you know what? Let's step back a bit and find our way instead of still just getting caught up in yeah. the system and just frustrated and yeah. stuff. So what's like, how did you get there? I think, um, you know, it gets to a point where you are just frustrated, right? And you're just like, and that's why sometimes in friendship, in relationship, in, in jobs, people get to a point that they're like, you know what? I think I've had enough, right? I need to maybe take a, I need a space or I just need to, you just need to, um, you need to channel it or go about it in another way, right? And um, I reached out, I went to the school. Good thing is the international office is just, you know, they are always, uh, they have an open door policy where you can walk in and ask questions. And I asked a lot of questions. Mm. I'm struggling in class. You know, I haven't gotten a room yet. Everything looks to be happening so fast. They're already giving out assignments in the first week. I'm not even settled in yet. I don't even have a laptop, right? So I didn't come with a laptop, you know, all those type of things. I'm like, so is there a possibility for, you know, for me to start another time or something like that? And they were like, okay, that they would check to see if there was any opening for uh, the second, the, the next uh, semester, 
right? And, um, and I, if the, the sad thing was I already made two friends in that class, two Nigerian friends in that uh, class, uh, cool guys, uh, but, you know, they had to sort of finish before me, which, of course, it, it didn't mean anything, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so and, and also, uh, to the credit of those people I met here, right, uh, the, the person I escorted with, he also sort of hinted that, you know, if things are so hard for you, you can actually ask, you know, if there's a possibility for you deferring, right? Um, I know today, though, it's... The, the deferment is now strictly, you know, based on if the school agrees or not, right? Mm. Yeah, because they find that, and I don't know who the, who those people are, but they find that a lot of students have bastardized it, right? Uh, no, yeah, okay. they, they sort of, you know, take advantage of that deferment to do something else, right? Um, so schools now, it has to be strictly either health-related or, or that the program is really full and you didn't come on time to register, when you came to Canada or you came late and this program has started, right? That's when they will really allow you to defer it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Makes sense. Fair. Yeah. Cause I've not heard about it of recent, which is why I find yeah. it really interesting. Yeah. So still staying on this and, you know, I hear you about the feeling of frustrations and things and just trying to find yourself, but like for you, like what, what, if you had to chart your journey from then up till now, What's the unexpected magical moment, or maybe moments that you feel like have been like they've changed your life, like at different points yeah. till where we are today, having this conversation? Good question. Good question. I think the first, the first occurrence was still in school in Kitchener. Uh, was my first project. Well, that's like the first learning point for me. It was like a learning curve, and it was the first major lesson I learned while I was in school about Canada itself as an immigrant, right? And the it was a project, an assignment. The assignment was, you are a HR professional, all of you in class, go out there, look for a HR professional that has five years experience, interview them, ask them about their experience. They gave us this, you know, this list of questions that we'll use as conversations, right? And based on that, write a report of your findings and submit that report. That was like, it was like a project and that was, we were to turn it yeah. in maybe in about two weeks, right? So I was like, small thing. I took that assignment. I was like, where should I go? The first place, LinkedIn. I went to LinkedIn. But the caveat is you must interview people in Canada, not anywhere else. So they have to be in Canada, right? So, and given that I didn't grow up here, I was just an international student here, my network base had, hadn't increased at all, right? So it was still very, very um, still within the confines of school. So I knew mm -hmm. the students, I knew the teachers, but I couldn't interview those. I needed to, to go out. Right, so I was like, okay, LinkedIn first. I used LinkedIn. I, I would just I tweaked by city, and I'll put human resources. I'll put the city. A, lot, a couple of people come out. I did like a an email template. I sent to like you know people. I think more than ten. No response. I was like, okay. <laughs> I waited a few days. I was like, okay, maybe it will come up. No response. I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. I was like, okay. It's it, like, no problem. I was like, okay, maybe the next thing I'll do is. I look for people online, right, who have maybe human resources on their on their bio or whatever. Look for companies, you know, look for their phone numbers and just call them directly, right? The first two people I called, nothing. They not just said, "Do you have an appointment? Who do you want to speak with?" So, with that, and I, I could I could sense the um, the tone from the phone. I was like, "This isn't going to work," right? And yeah. um, I was frustrated, you know, the first, the, the, the first week, 
gone nothing, right? And um, you know, back to, back in class, a lot of people were already turning in the assignment, talking about the assignment, the students, everybody was like, ha, ah, oh, this is not good. I went to I went to there was a recruitment agency and I knew recruitment agencies will have HR, right? So I went there with some of my classmates who are Nigerians. They were able to interview uh, these people and all that, but we only found two two of those. So I, again, I was left out. I couldn't interview anybody. So a few days to the deadline, I said, you know what? Anything that will happen will happen. I had just one suit. I had a suit, very nice blue suit. I can never forget. I had white shirt. <laughs> Like corporate, I ironed it, cleaned it. I was like, on the morning, I think it was either a Tuesday or Wednesday, I was like, on the morning, 7 a.m., I'm going to dash out. I'm going to go to Kitchener downtown, and I'm going to walk there in all the offices, and I will go to any office there. I will, I will knock on their offices. I will ask to see the HR people, then I'll, I'm very much sure I'm going to find somebody to interview. The first, the first place I went to, immigrant receptionist, Russian, I must say, and she asked me first, I, I greeted her, you know, I was looking very presentable. You know, I was like, anywhere I entered, they would listen to me. Looking very <laughs> presentable. I went to this woman and she said, uh, any, any appointment this morning? I said, no. She said, who would I like to see? I said, I would like to see anybody who's in the HR department. She said, unfortunately, I can't see anybody because I have no appointment. That this place is strictly by appointment. It's a newspaper company, actually. It was, it's a newspaper company for Waterloo. So um, she gave me her card. She said, call and make an appointment, you know, later on. I was like, I have no time for that, you know, given that it was just uh, maybe two, yeah, maybe yeah. actually two days before deadline. So I left where I thanked I left. I went to the next place, accounting firm. I saw this guy looking good, just like myself. The first thing he said was, nice suit. I was like, ah, thank God. At least maybe this one. Then he said, and I told him, he said, oh, unfortunately, the head office is in Toronto, downtown Toronto. So oh, I have to damn. go all the way to ground. I was like, hey, that's like three hours by bus because I don't drive, right? And yeah. by train, it would be maybe about two hours if I don't take express. I said, no problem. I thanked him. I left. So there were more, a lot of small places like that, small offices like that, that I could go knock and, you know, get what I needed or somehow I'll find out if I could get it or not. But then immediately I came out from that office, there was a big brown building I saw that was staring at me. Like it was still maybe like three minutes walk from where I was. Right, so I had the option to either go to all these other places or just go there. I looked at that place and I said, you know what, I don't know what's in that place, but I'm going there. So I went to that building, big building. It's 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 really it's big, big brown building. Um, and when I got there, you know, this one has a security guy at the front desk. You know, and they're like, yeah, may I help you? And I introduced myself. I said, I'm an international student from Conestoga College. I'm actually doing a project right now. I'm just looking for a HR person. And I would like to speak with, you know, anyone that I, you know, I can speak with here. And he said, well, the building here is occupied by different companies and offices, but that um, there's a major office I can go there. It's so, so, so floor. I should go there and perhaps just ask somebody there. I'm conducting a project and I'm looking to interview a HR person, right? She now said, really? She now said, oh, wow, okay. She now said, well, um, we haven't started meetings yet, uh, but there's somebody you might want to ask if you want to interview, if you want to speak with her, right? And I said, no problem. <laughs> and, she said, and she said, come with me. And I went with her and then she asked me to sit. I sit. I sat and then she went in, came out. 
And by the time she came out, there was this, you know, slim, elderly, Caucasian woman that came out. And she said, hi, how may I help you? And then I told her again, international students, you know, project, blah, blah. I said, okay. She said, you know what? I don't have a meeting now, but I can speak with you before um, before 9 a.m. That's to tell you how early it was. Say, I can speak yeah. before 9 a.m. And then she said, come to my office. And then we went there. I, I, I asked her my question, I finished, I recorded, all those type of things. And she said, wow, this is very brave of, brave of you, what you have done. But see, where I'm going is this. You see, I did not know who I was interviewing. That's the juice of this whole thing. I didn't know who I was interviewing. The person I was interviewing was the head of HR of the whole region of Waterloo. So imagine imagine being in Toronto and you are interviewing the GTA, the, the HR of the whole GTA. I was like... What? No, <laughs> but I learned a lot of lessons that day. I won't let, one key lesson for me was that um, I can never get anything in my comfort zone, right? Never, as, a, mm. as an immigrant, right? You can't get it mm. just like every other person will. Like, people yeah. have built community, network, everything here. It will be easy for them to pick up phone to do stuff. But for you, you have to go the extra mile, right? And that's yeah. why for me, every time, you know, even at my jobs everywhere, I always ensure that the same, I should stop at B, I ensure I go to E. Right, because going the extra mile gives you that opportunity to shine. It gives you that opportunity, you know, to, to be able to put in uh, so much more and get a lot out of it. Right, and yeah. here in my front was, you know, the, the how, how in the world could I have gotten this woman? There's no way I could have gotten <laughs> this woman through LinkedIn or through a phone call. I had to go out yeah. to be able to interview her. You know, and she gave me her card and she said, you know, what you have done today is really brave. You just walked up, walked into this place and asked to interview somebody. And that's why I'm actually speaking with you, right? I took my project back to class. Are you very surprised? People were asking, even people that were here who grew up here, the Caucasian, like, how did you get this woman? How did you get this woman? Like, do you know her before? I'm like, don't worry about that. <laughs> I can't give you my secrets. My secrets you know, even the teacher, I got A in that project, right? I got A in that project, you know? And also, there's also there's also a a spiritual component to that thing uh, that sort of you know ministered to me. There are some places you anywhere you get into, right? The first person, the first sort of people you meet can either make or marry. Right? Yes. That woman that I met, right? There are two women now. The the first woman said no, she blocked my way, right? <laughs> the other woman said there's somebody I think you can speak with. Right, so it's always that we should always hope and pray that we should meet people who will help us advance to the next level. Yeah. Right, and those were sort of key lessons for me, and that I've always taken as an immigrant here in Canada. I like that. I really like that. Like that's like that's a magical moment for me. Um, so let's kind of come to the present now. I know you run this thing called School School Apply yeah. HQ. Like, what does it do? Like, what's it about? Because I feel like. <laughs> You know, it's and how's it related to you, all the things you talk about, yes. admissions, okay. becoming a student, and all that. Well, uh, so Schoolipa is a product of uh, a parent company called HumanScore, right? So in 2020, um, we launched HumanScore, the startup, right? And primarily just in the immigration space. What we do is, um, you know, we give information on uh, visa processing and we also represent people who are looking to travel to Canada. Right, um, so we launched in 2020. We've recorded a couple of successes, but when we launched, something we noticed was a lot of people were asking for study abroad services. 
hey, can you help me get admission to this school? Can you help me? Do you process admission, right? And that was when um, we realized that, okay, perhaps we needed to, you know, build a product of our own where we would directly partner with schools. So what School Applied mm -hmm. does really is we partner with institutions in Canada, in UK, in US, Germany and the likes, uh, migrant-friendly schools, so to speak, places students want to go study. We partner with these schools and then we help them recruit international students, right? Um, and we do that for free for the international student. And in return, the schools pay us, right? So that's oh, how Schoolify works. And when we launched, we had just about five schools when we started Schoolify. It was really, um, you know, just about five schools in Canada. But now we are at 65 schools, right? Damn, that's some growth. We've grown, um, you know, into some areas where places like Malta, you know, uh, Singapore, Switzerland, uh, but majority of our schools are in Canada, US, and UK, right? Um, okay. So that's what School Applied does. And so far, we've you know we've processed. It's just that for me, I don't I don't see us running start of like a blog because you see a lot of people when they help people with admission, they put it online, they blur the names and all that. If we do that, we'll, that means we'll be churning out a lot of admission letters that will sort of, you know, but we're already <laughs> at a startup, right? Apple, you don't yeah. see Apple coming out when they send the phone to say, oh, my customer has what we want to tell our customer, <laughs> you know, and, and I understand that, yeah, the demography you are, you know, speaking to might want to see such successes, but you know, it speaks for itself, right? So that's what School Applied does. Yeah. We help people get admission. And then there's a sister product called Travel, right? It's also a product of uh, Human Squad. So what happens is when you get an admission to Canada, uh, at least for students who are coming to Canada, Travely will help you with the visa processing. But this time it will oh, be at a nice. fee, right? It will be, it will be free like uh, school, for School Applied. And, um, but if you get admission to other countries, we will give you like a uh, visa guide that will help you with the step-by-step -step mm -hmm. guide of how to process your visa. So that's what School Applied does. That's amazing. That's amazing. And seeing that we're now talking about School Applied and yeah. all the things, like I just want to ask some, a couple of pointed questions. Sure. And there's one thing that you see a lot where people talk about hiring consultants, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff. And then, but there's also the fact people complain, there's so many fraudulent okay. consultants out okay. there. And so I just want to just ask like, one, are there any red flags one can look out for when you're looking to hire someone to help you with student or work or PR? Like, you know, because, I mean, I did my PR by myself, but I've heard people talk about, you just hire a consultant. Yeah, I agree. And I agree. Then some people still have some terrible stories yeah. and you're like, how didn't you see yeah. it? Yeah, so um, for consultants, right, good thing is there's a portal, there's a CICC portal. That's a College of Immigration and Citizenship Consultants, right? That's the regulatory mm -hmm. body that regulates RCICs, which are the licensed consultants. Okay. So there's a portal where uh, it's a registry, online registry, where you can actually go. If somebody tells you they're either a licensed consultant or what, you can go there and put in their names and you can see if they are really active or, or not, right? Okay. Um, so that's one thing people can do to first validate if somebody is the, is the consultant or, or, or not. Another thing is to look out for red, red flags. You know, things like if it's if it sounds too good to be true, I can get you an LMIA, I can, you know, get it comes with flights, it comes with no IELTS, all those type of sweetening <laughs> things that make you, you know, makes your blood, you know, uh sweet. Stop pumping faster, like yo, yeah, yeah, I'm in Canada, yeah, I'm in Canada. <laughs> You're already here. You should be very, very careful. It's not that easy, it's not that straightforward, right? Uh, we've seen cases where people will come here, they realize that. 
actually at the airport. It was just about maybe a few weeks ago we saw that online uh, where some people uh, got, and I don't know how they left the airport back in Nigeria, but they gave them fake uh, visiting visas and all that, right? Oh, damn. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, if, it's, if it sounds too good to be true, then you know that the, the person might be fake. And one last thing to say to that is, there are some things you can't get from outside Canada. For instance, somebody once bought a PR card. They told them that they were being issued a PR by Canada, and they bought PR card for 800,000 naira. But if you know very well about immigration, you will know that Canada never issues PR card. They don't send you a physical PR card outside Canada. They give you a paper yeah. or seal PR. It's when you come yeah. here that they will not give you a PR card. You understand? So they never send PR cards to a non-Canadian address. So if somebody outside Canada tells you, oh, Canada has approved your PR card and gives you a PR card, just know right away that it's fake. That's a fake, <laughs> fake yeah. Right? Yeah, so, so those are some of the things, right? And people also need to do a lot of research by themselves. Right, to be able to look at you, you say you did your PR by yourself and all that, right? Uh, so that means a lot of a ton of research will have gone into it. A lot of work will yep. have yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, if you are going to do that, if you are going to either hire somebody or do it by yourself, you need to do a lot of research. Okay, um, so we're rounding up here. I think I just have like two questions for you. Um, one is, what's the first time it hit you that you weren't home? <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think I was so I was in front of a I was in front of a line, you know you know the factory lines when things are moving, you know <laughs> things are moving and I, and I was packing sausages and it just dawned on me right there a lot of things that happened before then right but right there in that moment I asked myself a question and I said should I have left I'm not supposed <laughs> to be here <laughs> you know this was me even though i was in my my tashere 135k in nigeria back then you know i was in ac i was chopping free lunch at chicken republic every other day you know bonuses the prospect of growth is there and i'm like i'm packing sausages like should i be here you know um but given that i had already crossed that line i said you know what we'll go the extra mile right uh, regardless of what it takes, we have to go the extra mile and see this through. I think that was the point where it hit me that I was not home, right? That I was already far away from home. And there was no, there was nobody I could cry on their shoulder. There was nobody I could ask for money. There was, you know, in Nigeria, we, we, we leverage on community. You can easily call yeah. an uncle, you can go to your neighbor, you can, you know, drive to your brother, you can, you know, do anything and get that support that you need within your community. But it's not like that here, you are by yourself. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when you are here, when somebody promises you money, take that with a pinch of salt because anybody is going to give you cash in this country. Like, somebody looks at you like that, gives you 500, 400. And funny enough, you know, that person loves you. That person loves you. Yeah, let me quickly add right that when I came, there was somebody they introduced me to, somebody from back home introduced me to that woman. She's here, right? I've not spoken to her after that time when I came. But when I came and I narrated, you know, the whole ordeal to this woman and blah, 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 and I said, oh, sorry, so yeah, now you're working, blah, 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 and, you know, you're trying to save up for tuition. This man said, don't worry, every week I'll give you $300. You see, I was so happy. I said, ah, Angel said. But now, after I got into the workforce, I realized that that woman was boboing me and I, I couldn't catch it at that time, <laughs> you know? So I'm like... Yo, I don't know. I don't know why she promised. I don't know why she had to do that. But yeah, yeah it's just funny looking back. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And then the last question is, 
Is there anything you'd have done differently in hindsight if you were to move again? Mm. Yes, yes. I think uh, one thing I would have, you know, perhaps done properly before I came here was I would have made sure that I did some sort of crowd source, you know, crowdfunding, you know, get a lot of funding before I came here so that I didn't have to put myself through what I went through, right? And uh, just so that I would have some sort of um, soft landing, right? Um, yeah. yeah, and also. Um, do a lot of research or even get things before I came in, like getting myself a room before I came in, like having somebody get that for me before I came, you know, all those type of things. And another mistake I made was that I wished I had come in way earlier. My school, let's say school started on the 4th. I landed Canada on like on the 2nd or so, on the 2nd. And I left, I left Nigeria on the 2nd, I landed on the 3rd. Right? So yeah. no prep whatsoever. Right, so I was yeah. sort of rushing into things, right? So in hindsight, I think those are things that I would do if I was to go back in time to try and change things. Uh, but all in all, I guess everything was for a reason, and I learned, you know, yeah. learned valuable lessons in many of them. Yeah, I also think there's also a function of the time which you moved, um, because like I feel like moving to Canada now is so different from how it yeah. used to be. You know, yeah. yeah, it's very different. There are things that just happen just because. We now have more people. Yeah. There's a bigger informal community exactly. of people you can talk to, exactly. you know. So there's stuff people don't yeah. make, but it's also still good to kind of reflect exactly. on those and think about it and plan for exactly. it, you know. Well, thank you so much, Tunde. Like this has been amazing, an amazing thirtieth minutes with you. Thank you, Josie. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I always love sharing my story, right? Um, you know, for a lot of people who are still coming in, I'm again, I'm so so glad. Uh, the fact that I see students, international students today, you know, they are doing admin jobs, they are doing like cleaner jobs. It makes me happy. For even you know permanent residents, right? It makes me happy. You know, people are coming here, getting good corporate jobs and all that, right? It's not as as we used to have it, right? And the community of people around yeah. many of, of the people coming in is better. And I say this because yeah. when we came, uh, the people we had around us were people who were like thriving in factory jobs, right? Who were in like black immigrants they will tell you hey the best job out there for you is this right um yeah the cap for you is like 20 dollars per hour don't even over dream don't even don't, don't dream. dream don't dream you understand like people saying why are you doing hr nobody will hire a black man to to in the hr department you know, things like that but i'm glad that the community is now better it's it now has yeah. a, a breed of people who tell you that yo you are coming, you are getting a six-figure job. You are coming, you are going yes. inside the yes. corporate uh, environment, yes. right? And yeah. I'm so glad that there are a lot of us who are supporting the immigrant community and you know, we, are, we are thriving. And I know we, we'll get to a point where it's going to be like, and I, we're not in competition with anybody, but it's going to be like the Indians, you know, how they are thriving. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a community yeah. I really admire. The Indians and the yeah, yeah, that's that's a community yeah. I really admire. The Indians and the the Chinese yeah, especially. Exactly. Yeah, those are comments I really aspire and aspire to look like. Folks, thank you so much for listening. As usual, please, I'll ask again. Please like, share, you know, forward it to your friends. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. <laughs> Go like our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. I mean, that, like, for me, like, that's all I ask for. Thank you so much.